This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Dapper Dave here holding the fort for Chris who's enjoying a well-deserved rest thank you for downloading the podcast coming up on this week's edition of the best of the breakfast show with Sky Matthew McConaughey and Hugh Grant discuss the phenomenal new Guy Ritchie film The Gentleman the hilarious political comedian Matt Ford chats the ramifications of the general election and his ongoing tour Greta Gerwig tells us about her beautiful adaptation of Little Women plus Sally Hawkins Mackenzie Crook Sean Gibson and more between them are next guests have more iconic cinematic moments than you've had hot dinners their new crime caper the gentleman is out on new year's day and there really is no better way to start your year please welcome the finest transatlantic couple since harry and megan it's hugh grant and matthew mcconaughey <laughs> who's harry and megan <laughs> who's harry and megan for heaven's sake you are having a laugh aren't you prince harry and princess oh, yes, Meghan. you know right what a film seriously gentlemen i know you're here but i'm not blowing smoke up where the sun don't shine well i sort of am but it's justified i couldn't wait to see this film because i love guy no guy couldn't wait to, wait to see him uh, to see the film um but i was my expectations were so high it was a bit dangerous you know that situation yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but w- what a wonderful movie um let's talk about the characters let's first of all let's talk about Hugh's story of how the heck you, you happen to be in this there's serendipity and then there's some bloke falling off his bike and you <laughs> helping him to his feet and then guy richie being on the next bike behind yeah, it was a very odd story. I was just off to get married one day <laughs> and I was crossing the road and a man falls off his bike in front of me and I said, oh, I thought, well, poor old poor chap, I helped him up. Turned out it was uh, Guy Rich's assistant and Guy was on the bicycle behind. He said, sorry, Hugh, thanks for picking him up. He's always falling off. And we dusted him off and then Guy said, oh, by the way, Hugh, um, there's a script I want to send you. Sends me this script and I, I rang him back. I said, I can't possibly do that. And he said, no, I think you can. And uh, I was foolish enough to believe him. I've got to tell you, you 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 might steal the picture. I don't know if I can say that with, with Matthew the plum. Yeah. Yes, yes, unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell us about your character. Then Matthew and I will tell everybody else how good you are in it, and you don't have to listen. Well, I mean, the joke was the joke for Guy asking me to do this was that I play a private investigator working for a tabloid newspaper, and obviously, you know, I've been ranty about that stuff for years, and uh, I got that joke, and. Uh, that's who I am, and he's really seedy and uh, and uh, sinister and blackmails everyone and utterly two-faced, utterly repellent. Uh, but he he serves, in a way, as a kind of narrator of the story as, yeah. as well. He's a sort of structural device. And um, I have to say, in the end, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I actually was waiting for you to appear on screen, and I suddenly, then I realised, oh, my goodness me, that's him. That is him. Yeah. What do you think, Matthew? Yeah, well, I have, we haven't seen Hugh Grant like this before. And uh, I was telling them last night, you know, you see someone who you have an expectation of and they come on screen sometimes. Sometimes it can take a viewer a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, a half hour, an hour or never to come around to seeing them as that character. You, you, you buy him 
immediately on screen. The first thing, yeah, you, you it, after a few minutes is when you say, wait a minute, is that Hugh? Not that you and do I believe in the character. You believe who the character is right right away, and then later you go, "Gosh, damn, that's you." Okay, so tell tell us how you got to be in a Guy Ritchie movie, Matthew McConaughey. Guy Ritchie sent me a script. It was a short script. It was one of the uh, original <laughs> versions, um, and it just immediately to me was like, "Okay, if I'm going to work with Guy Ritchie, this is the type of world I want to work with." Guy Ritchie from Lock, Stock, and Snatch, and. Uh, um, rock and roller. So I said, um, and I talked to him, and he, you could tell he was very loose with what it was. He was a bit of a fable, but he could tell he was open to saying, you know, we're, we're going to work on it, and do you want to play? And um, I did. Right, you were 50 this year. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. And you celebrated by doing what? <laughs> what did I do? Uh, my wife kidnapped myself and 100 of my friends. We went out to the desert for uh, 82 hours. And then what else did I do? Delivered some uh, meals to firefighters out in the West Coast. And then I started, uh, said hello to Instagram. You did say hello to Instagram. And um, that 82 hours, uh, there's a bit of a gap there in that story from the first minute to the 82nd oh, hour. Oh, was wonderful. Was yeah, it? yeah. She, was, well, she, she tell basically us about? put together a miniature festival oh. in the middle of the desert for my 50th birthday. What a laugh. Uh, we had great food. We had uh, revelry, libations. We saw the sunrise twice. Oh. Uh, it was outstanding. It was, it was outstanding. That's all you need to know. Uh, you became a professor of somewhere? Yes, University of Texas at Austin. What do you do there? Started a, uh, a class about five years ago called Script to Screen. You'll dig this. Uh, you know how different, especially talking about this film, how different the first script is to the final product mm -hmm. that's on screen. So what we do is I'll go work. And we did it. We're doing it with the gentleman. That's the class that's actually we're, we're, uh, we're going through and teaching this semester. So... Guy and his uh, people, we gave everyone in our class, 35 serious film students at the University of Texas, the very first script. They declare what kind of film they think it is. We give them the next script. They talk about the changes. We give them the next, the next, and we give them the shooting script. Then we go in and we break down two scenes that are pivotal in the, in the movie. We show them a first assembly. Then we show them the final film. So they see how much of a difference the original script was from the final film. So we're putting some science behind the magic of movie making. And in, in this movie, especially with your character, Hugh, there's a lot of references to filmmaking. And yeah, that's, that's Guy he, again, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think it probably comes from him. It also makes the character, it's an, it's an interesting new dimension to this private, sleazy private investigator that he's also a big film buff. And when I was doing the costumes, I made up a kind of mood board that wasn't private investigator. It was more uh, film buff. Uh, you know, so I, I look a bit like Fellini, in the uh, my costume, my my sunglasses and all a that. Little Robert Evans. Yeah, a little bit of Robert yeah, Evans. Yeah, a little bit of Robert yeah, Evans. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right before you go, um, favorite Christmas film of all time. Favorite Christmas if film you have one. of all time. It's a trick question. Uh, There's only one answer. Uh, Starts with it's and ends in a wonderful life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one though. I'm trying to oh, think of what I'm showing my kids now. I'm, no, I'm trying to think not of for my kids, kids by the way. No, the, kid, the kids find it dull. Ah, uh, that is a good one. You can't argue with that. Scrooge? You like Scrooge, Bill Murray? Ah, uh, no, that's not one. No, that's not my top. Not my top. Not my top. Muppet Christmas Carol? No, Miracle not a Muppet on Man. Thirty Fourth Street? No, 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 no. Running out now. On that one. Well, growing up. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the the Christmas movie was never a Christmas movie. It was just very exciting that the sound of music was on. 
So that's my Christmas movie. I, oh, st- I still love that film. And I was caught mm-hmm. by my wife the other day alone. Here we go. Watching The Sound of Music. Right. This is a woman who comes doing? from the north of Sweden where men are men. Yeah. They barely speak. They chop wood, they carry they're water. Nordic yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're re- they're, I don't know why she ended up with me. And I think one of the lowest moments so far of our marriage was she caught me watching The Sound of Music by myself, singing along <laughs> with Mother Superior to climb every mountain and crying. And it, because it was so moving, it's such a, there's such moving words. Were you wearing her underwear? Yes, I was. No, that's, the bit, that's the bit I suspected. That's yeah. the hue I know and love. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Congratulations, well done. All right, thank you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest, latest stand-up show, Brexit Pursued by a Bear, is rammed full of British political satire. It's been quite quiet on that front recently, so he must be really struggling for material. He does a top Trump, a spot-on Boris, and a nifty Nigel Farage, but today he's mainly being himself. Please welcome the not-pregnant and hilarious <laughs> Matt Ford. <laughs> and by by the way, evident, evidently not pregnant. Where's the rest of Matt Ford gone? I've lost three stones Whoa! since May. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Right, well, where thank did you last much. see it? Oh, cr- well, I, I, well, around sort of June was the last time I was proper podgy. Right. But I've t- I, I, two days a week and I eat. Okay, so this is it's the, it's a bit like the Michael Mosley uh, five two diet, but he gives you six hundred calories on your fasting days, but you've gone to zero. Zero, yes. I just have black coffee and water. Right. How how, how are they? I mean, it's like most things. Popping your cherry is pretty difficult, but after that, <laughs> it's easier to get on with, is it? Oh yeah. I mean, you go mad. Do but you? Apart from that. Yeah, I've almost had a breakdown. And do you feel but I'm lighter? Do you do you feel lighter? Not only um, you know physically, but do you feel lighter mentally? Do you feel more alert? Definitely. And and cl- more clarity. More clarity, more sharpness. Um, just better all round. And li- and I can fit into my clothes. Yeah. Which is the main thing. Why did you buy clothes that were too small for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tight. Well, I was tight in both ways. Who's that fat. famous actor? Jeremy smokes all the time. Always swears. Beadle. No. Clarkson. No. Corbin. Actor. Corbin. Actor. Okay, <laughs> Corbin, maybe. Jeremy Irons. Uh, before he has a big um, day on set, he fasts because he says he, he can learn his lines easier. Because, I don't know, because you just feel... Well, it makes you very intense. Does it? So I can imagine absorbing information quickly. So why? Why not, of course, but why, particularly, have you chosen to lose weight this year? Because I was fat. No, I know, but you've been fat, you've been fat for ages, man. No offence. I, um, I just noticed it more. I, I know I started covering up. I noticed it more. I noticed it more. I, it, it's when you see yourself on telly or on photos, you go, oh, man. Anyway, Matt, you, these reviews for your show uh, from the Edinburgh Fringe... Yeah. Possibly the best political comedy show on the fringe. Oh, thank God you got the nice ones. Is there a, they were all brilliant. Is there a better political comic than Matt Ford currently uh, working in the UK? I can't think of what, another to touch him. And these people, they really know their stuff, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, how was last Thursday for you? Oh, my word. Dramatic. What were you doing? Tell everybody what you were doing, what you were up to that so was, on election night. I was on the host of the Channel 4 Alternative Election Show. Right. Um, and I'm into my politics. And it, it's no reflection of the results, but just to be, as a political fan... Yeah. As someone who's obsessed with election night, to be live on TV on an election night was cup final stuff. And you were in charge of the news desk. The alternative you? news desk, yeah, yes, yeah. which um, I think when the, when the exit poll was announced, it was going to be this huge Tory majority. I think it took the wind out of quite a few people's sails. So nobody was more surprised on. than everyone. Well, that's it. I mean, part of you... It, they're like boxing matches, I think, with, with elections, where you kind of think you know who's going to win, but it's only until the fight starts to take place it actually then becomes glaringly obvious. Give uh-huh. us some post-election um, win Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to... I want to pee. Well, by, by the way, are you, we're going to get 
Brexit done. And you know, I, I want to, I do want to talk, by the way, uh, to the people that voted uh, not only uh, for, for, for my great party. Uh, but, but those who voted uh, in other ways, and I, you know, it's an honour to be here, by the way, with with Hugh Grant and and Matthew McConaughey, who you know, and and they said to me, Matthew McConaughey, on the way out, he said, oh, "You've got to get Brexit done." And uh, <laughs> I, you know, we were, it's a thing he does with these fi- these double fist thing that he does. I love it when he's trying to remember the end of a sentence he's not even thought about, and then I, he remembers it but loses interest in it immediately and just tails off whilst lose, uh, trying to think of the next thing he's not yet. Yeah, no, do the thing. Uh, we are going to leave the European Union. WTO, World Tree. Yes, carrots. And we are going to. No, I do. And he'll do that thing where he'll pretend. He has that. Tries to do the cheeky glint in the eye. Yeah. Well, they go, but Prime Minister, you have offended some of the most vulnerable people in this country. You go, oh, come on, I, I, I do. I, I, you long uh, time, time ago. Uh, no, but I am. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. I, I, I am sorry. I am. Uh, you know, I, I do. I want to. Uh, uh, come on. I, <laughs> it's not gambles. He gambles on the interviewer, finding it too awkward. So, Ronnie Corbyn, who's no longer the, uh, the leader of the Labour Party, another relief for you, because he's not as easy to do, is he, Ronnie Corbyn? Oh, Corbyn was quite hard. I mean, there was the, the kind of... Um, he. I felt when he was happier, he was better. Yeah. When he was kind of gentle, that yeah. was when he was best, but he would, in interviews, would become very grouchy. And he'd have that thing where... One eyebrow was always raised. The t- chin was tucked in. The issue, and he would do that little sniff at the end of things. The le- and what he would do? What was a really odd interview technique? He would just read out the Wikipedia page for whatever the thing was he was being asked about. Yeah. So people would say, uh, "Do you think Jeremy Corbyn Labour has a problem with anti-Semitism?" He would go, "The Jewish faith is an Abrahamic religion, based as many are on old sacred texts, and we." Respect not only people of the Jewish faith, but people of all faiths. Okay, no, but have, has the <laughs> Labour Party got an issue with it? Yeah. Well, when Moses parted the Red Sea, you're like, where are you going with this, mate? And then he goes, can I finish? Can I, can I just finish? And, and, and in the end, I think he ended up looking like quite a grumpy bloke. What's, what's the first ex- uh, impression that you ever learnt? Oh, John Motson. Interesting enough, Chris, it's the second time in his many meetings that you may remember having asked me that. The first time, of course, was when Arsenal needed just a draw on the, on the, on the final game of the season in order to qualify for Europe. Have Trevor. I asked you that before? No, no, no. It was oh, just the sort of thing, <laughs> sort of thing, sort of thing Motti you, would say. You have been on three times. I have. So yeah, you, yeah, there, yeah. there is a heightened risk of that happening. <laughs> right. Um, have a lovely Christmas. Cheers, mate. Merry what, Christmas. What are, you doing? are you going to Glasgow? Not I'm anymore. Going to, I'm, I'm going to Glasgow Brewing yeah, in a riot van. And I'll be going to Nottingham for a few nights to see my mum. Good for you, mate. Uh, well, Matt, it's always... I love Thank being, you. I love being on the radio anyway, but I love being on the radio with you. Oh, mate, the feeling's you, mutual. You are the best. All right. Thank you so much. Matt Ford. Let's give him a proper round of applause, shall we? Come on. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Merry Christmas. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest has a queue of A-list actors desperate to work with her. With an Oscar nomination at the age of 34 already under her belt, you can see why. Her latest film, Little Women, she both wrote and directed, is out in cinemas on Boxing Day. And here to tell us all about it is the coolest cat in cinema. It's the wonderful Greta Gerwig. Good morning, Greta. <gasps> Hi. It doesn't get any better than Greta. And we're all very excited. I'm very excited to meet you. We love Lady Bird. We raved about it. 
Uh, five Academy Award nominations for that movie. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, before we talk about um, your take on, on this remake, this new make, the eighth movie take mm-hmm. on, on Little Women, mm-hmm. which is a pretty high bar anyway, just from a, from a, a volume point of view, um, yes. let's talk about the cast because everybody's brilliant because they are, which is why you hired them. Uh, so, so can you just run through a few of the people who, who are in this movie? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. I've heard, you heard of Meryl yeah. Streep? Yeah. Are we up to speed oh, with Meryl yeah, Streep? Yeah. yeah. She's bre- breakthrough, breakthrough that, actress yeah. of 2019. Mm. Yeah, yeah. New, new actress, Meryl Streep, uh, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Chris Cooper, Laura Dern, Bob Odenkirk, uh, uh, James Norton, and then Florence Pugh and Eliza Scanlon, and um, I'm probably leaving yeah. people out. It's well, a lot well, of people. You're allowed to leave people out, uh, but that, that's not bad. That, that's to hook us in. That's that's not whatsoever. Emma Watson has never yeah. been better on screen than in this oh, film. Oh, thank you. I loved working with her. She was so wonderful, and she's um, she's in addition to being a great actress, she's one of the smartest people I've ever met. She's so intelligent. She reads everything. I'm very impressed by her. But uh, her her performance. It's 360 amazing. Yep. I mean, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. She's really she's, come of age in this, this movie. She, Yeah, she gave it everything. She was so, she was such a wonderful collaborator and cast member and um, and she really, she brought it to life. Right, so um, how much of you is in this movie? Because you loved writing and you couldn't get your writing off the ground, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, uh, so you started acting and mm-hmm. that was your back door in and look at you now, Missy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. No, I, uh, this movie is incredibly personal to me. I grew up with the book. I love the book. But then when I read it as an adult, it seemed so amazingly urgent and modern. And also it felt like I was reading the story of me being a writer in Hollywood. And, you know, the first scene of the movie is Joe trying to sell a story and the editor is telling her it's too long and it has too many morals. <laughs> yeah, what did he say about if you're going to put a woman as the lead character, either she has to get married by the end or die. Yeah, that's right. Married or dead. That's how. <laughs> so that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 it's, it's shocking. Shockingly, not that <laughs> different than the 19th century. Well, it's changing, thank heaven. Yes, it's changing. Um, and, and so, so it, you know, you and Joe, she, she, she struggles to rise. She, mm-hmm. she's happy with her own skin, though. Have you always been happy within your own skin? Oh, no, I was 14. I felt terrible. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like every other human on earth, you just think, like, this is not going well. <laughs> okay, so, so because I haven't read the book, yes. and now I can't wait to read the book, yeah. and Rachel has read the book, haven't yes. you? Yeah. I don't know how, because it's like, how, you know, I could say, having read the book, um, this is how your movie differs from the book. Yeah. But I'm now thinking that yours is the original and the book, the book's the, the book's the imposter. Obviously, it's the other way around. Right. What do you want to tell us about what might be different? Okay. Well, uh, for starters, um, I completely explode the timeline of the book and put it back together. The book starts when they're they're in girlhood, and then it moves lin- in a linear fashion. I start when they're adults, and then I I kind of have two timelines. Oh, and then it, it gets very meta. Toward, and then I then I sort of collapse the space between Louise May Alcott, who wrote the book, and Joe March, who is the heroine of the book. Um, so it's um, I, I, but it's exactly what you loved about Little Women, the book, or any of the other movies. And then it's another uh, brain teaser on top of that. See, now I know what happens at the end of your movie, and I won't say okay uh, because it's a massive spoiler. Um, is that the same as how the book ends? No. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. No. So- Would you recommend people? 
re so I read yeah, this the book. Is a good this is a great question. Uh, I, I read it when I was much younger, yeah. and so I have a lot of nostalgia and affection yeah. for it. But I can't actually remember what happened in it. Yeah. Would you recommend people reread it before they watch the movie? No, I think you can go into the movie blind and say it's fine. I mean, if you want, I think if you want a Wikipedia, just you know, you can. But um, I, I don't think you need to know anything. I think you can just go in and watch it. When, when we talk about uh, Lady Bird, we talk about those five Oscar nominations. You're, there's already nominations around this now, uh, mm. so well done. Um, Thank you. The Academy Award nominations aren't out yet, but Golden Globe yeah. success is potential. Mm-hmm. Who, who's got yes. to, who's got what here? Uh, uh, well, I hope both Sersha and Alexandre um, win their respective categories. I think they're um, both did such extraordinary special work, and I. Um, I mean, I just want to give them statues. I want to give all of these people statues. They just, uh, they really get, they really did transformative work in this movie. Uh, uh, right, now it's your job to get people to go and watch this film because I can say, but I really mean, and people do trust me on this show. So if I say buy a book, they buy a book. So I'm saying go and watch the film Boxing Day. Yeah. Uh, Tell them, embellish that. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like a, I feel like a, a carnival barker when I talk about why you should go see the film. But truly, it will make you laugh. It will make you cry. It will make you want to crawl inside and live in the screen with the characters. It's um, something I remember. I said to all the people I made the film with, um, the costume designer, the DOP, the cinematographer, the production designer. I said I want audiences to want to both live inside the movie and to eat it. I wanted it to be totally tactile. And I think, um, you know, for me, I have a lot of great memories of going to movies on Christmas, um, and I wanted to give people a gift of uh, something in the holiday season that was like a present they got to open at the movie theater. All right, is there anything else we need to say about the movie? Just you guys, you're gonna love it. You, I, I promise you, I really do. I, I have a, I have a product you will enjoy. <laughs> good, good. And I'm gonna go and buy the book and read it over the holidays. Oh, good. Can't wait. Well done. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet okay, you. Okay, you're as gorgeous and wonderful as we hoped you were gonna be, and your movie is off the charts. It's like you say, it's funny, it's sad, it's moving, it's touching. It's how old's the novel? Uh, 150 years old. So it's 150 years old, yet it's still revelatory. Yes, it feels like it could have been written yesterday. Yeah, or even this morning, or like being written as we speak. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Come again. Greta (laughs) Gerwig. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Three guests down, but there's still so much more to come. Sally Hawkins chats about the new BBC One animation, The Snail and the Whale. Susie Dent and Giles Brandreth discuss their fantastic podcast, Something Rhymes with Purple. Mackenzie Crook tells us about BBC One's new adaptation of Wurzel Gummidge. And Sean Gibson shares her experience of working on Sky One's Cinderella After Ever After with David Walliams as her Prince Charming. All of that's still to come, so let's get to it. She's amused to Mike Lee, been gobbled up in Godzilla, pitch perfect in Paddington, got friendly with a fish, and will soon be simply superb on Christmas Day in new BBC One animation, The Snail and the Whale. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the award-winning acting powerhouse that is the wonderful Sally Hawkins. Good morning, gorgeous Sally Hawkins. How are you, Sally? Yeah, lovely, lovely introduction. Great voice. So, The Snail and the Whale, we watched it last night in our house. Uh, We've been reading the book forever. Um, How exciting. Miss Ellie's been reading the book to uh, her little Frank way before he understood what anything was generally. Um, but we're all we're all on board, Sal. Um, oh, what can you tell us? What do you want to tell us uh, about your show at Half Past Two on Christmas Day on BBC Two? Uh, well, it it is magical and um, it's uh, 
Uh, I've loved their books for a long time and um, was very flattered to be asked. And it's uh, just about, it's about a little snail and her big trip across the world. She puts a call out for a, a lift. Um, yeah, and a, a humpback whale answers the call. So um, played by Rob Ryden and, uh, yeah, it's delightful. So there's so. you, there's Rob, the Dinah Riggs in there as yeah, well. Yeah, she's okay. in there. Did yeah. you all get together or were you all oh, that, apart? Um I never met them. Never yeah. met them. Sorry to destroy that. No, 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 it's fine. No, it's fine because this happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But, and, and Rob gets where dust wouldn't he? To be honest, yeah. he's very much in demand, isn't he, yes, Rob? He is. yeah. Have you seen the final product? I I haven't. No, I wasn't very well for the screening, so um, I I haven't actually seen it. But right. I, I I've seen bits of it in clips, and it's beautiful. Beautiful. Would, would you like yeah. some feedback from some actual children? Uh, Yes, please. Actually. Okay, and uh, now he's a real kid. You can yeah, you, can, you can poke him and prod him just to gorgeous. prove it. He's ten years old, soon to be eleven, and apparently that's how it goes still nowadays. <laughs> um, now, what did you think of the snail and the whale? I thought it was absolutely awesome. Okay, oh. now we watched it last night, didn't we? We had a sneaky link on our laptop. Yeah. Did you cry? I, I did. I, I was I was on the verge. Thank <laughs> you. Wow. <laughs> but he's, he's nearly 11 and his mates are listening. So sure. even, even no, if he did, he, just, he doesn't want yeah. to admit it. Yeah. Now, little Eli's not been very well, has he? Our, your little oh, brother. No, sadly. He's, se- he's seven oh. and he's been up chucking for the last 24 hours, but even he enjoyed it. Did yeah, he? he loved it. He loved it. Oh, that's gorgeous. Who else was crowding around the laptop yesterday? Um, It was um my godfather's son yes he's so he's called paulinho and he was crowded around the laptop he loved it as well he's six he's he came all the way from portugal just to watch it wow isn't that good (laughs) (laughs) he could have come on the boat he could have come on the back of the whale that's lovely okay you you were gripped weren't you yeah it was awesome okay wow Um, julia donaldson um are you are you into the rest of what she does yeah i love i i um I uh, played Bird. I don't know if you know um, Room on the Brim. Played oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, Room on the Brim. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's classic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of their work. Uh, just lovely writing. And the fact to sort of get, you know, fans that are two years old, uh, it's quite incredible sort of... Um, it's very important as well. Incredibly sophisticated. I mean, the themes and about uh, the power of friendship and... Mm. You know, and and there's no such thing as a, a sort of a, a, a diversity. It's, oh, God, I'm quite nervous. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> oh, why are you ner- <laughs> I know why you're nervous. I, should, I t- should I tell everyone? Shall I tell why? it? Well, like, you know, it's my voice. That, so yes. Nice. So here's what, here's what happened just now. So, so Sally says she's a massive fan of basically everybody else who's any good. You but, she, but she's not a massive fan of herself because she can't watch herself on the screen. I think it's just early morning emotion and too much coffee. But you are... Oh, no. You are... Oh, no. But you are <laughs> amazing. Christmas. You're amazing at your job. You know that. It's just, oh, you know. Don't you make me... <laughs> It's Noah. It's nowhere in the room. It's Christmas out, you know. I've Noah's in the mix. All uh, emotional. It's and also, ping and, ping and Pong have just been in here. What's going on? <laughs> Bill and Walt have just been in, and they have this effect on people. God, uh, they go through the menopause. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so Sally, I'll just keep saying yeah. the snail and the well is on BBC One at half yeah, past two, good. so you don't have to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, um, I'll um, talk about everyone else in it. That's fine. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're happy with that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
much. So you get asked to be in loads of amazing things all the time no, because really. you... Yes, you do, Sally. No, I you don't. do. I don't. You do. Well, I don't know where you get She does. Well, we could just list the films you've been in, for heaven's sake. Ah, uh, don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll only cry again. <laughs> Why do you cry when I say how good you are? Ah, oh, because it's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't. Look at you. You're so good at this, you guys. You know her. You're amazing. She's she's actually going to go again. We've got to stop. <laughs> All them guys out there. When they said you were coming in, I said, what, Sally's coming Who? in an interview. Who? Mm. When the producer said you were coming no, in. I'm... And I'm like, Sally didn't do any interviews. <laughs> this is why. And um, she said, no, she's coming in. She's coming in. We got so excited. <laughs> Two days later, she's not coming in anymore. Can't stop her. And yeah, then... no, I got so nervous that I can't do it. <laughs> And then she changed her mind as she came in. And then halfway through the interview, she said, I, I think I should leave. <laughs> now you're all regretting going, don't ask her again. No, we, no, we no. will all. I won't ask you because I don't want to put you under such pressure. Oh, you're not making me cry again. Okay. <sighs> all right. Uh, well, look, can you tell us anything about next year? Are you going to be the new Bond? You talk so loud. <laughs> what? Sorry, are you going to be the new Bond? <laughs> I'm not drunk. I've just had four coffees. Um, yes, I am. Is that already yeah, out? That's a great answer. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not out, but it's out now. Sally Hawkins is going to be the new one. Yeah, don't, don't spread it around. <laughs> How do you know that? I just haven't. Is it just come up on it's your seven, screen? It's the seventh sense. Uh, Sally, thanks for coming in. It's fine. I'm whatever. so sorry we caused this. Yeah, no, it's to fine. To you. Yeah, right. just go ahead. Cheers. See you again. Yeah, sure. See, whatever. See, see you around. Okay. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. They were so ardent, grandiloquent and sententious last time. Woo! Yes! That we've got them back for a bit more festive word fun. Their first live podcast, Something Rhymes with Purple, takes the stage in London this January. But now, please welcome the Bonnie and Clyde of the English language. It's Susie Dent and Giles Brandreth. Good morning, Woo! guys. Welcome, welcome back. So it's only been a couple of weeks, but there's been a, an effect. There's been a Virgin Radio Breakfast Show effect, has there not? Extraordinary. Volcanic. Amazing. <laughs> no, no, truly, truly amazing, <laughs> okay, Chris I'm Evans. It's all down to you. Not sure I we believe are, you. No, but it's, it's true. We have been booked for this live show on the 14th of January, Islington Assembly Halls. I don't know what sort of a venue it is, but they called up and said, are you free? We said, alarmingly, we are. They said, well, we heard you on Chris Evans. We right. think you're quite amusing. So we're doing that. So, this will be, so it'll become a... I mean, the podcast is going great well, guns anyway. We're doing the podcast. We're just doing it in front of an audience, right. so we thought we'd just do a couple in front of an audience and see how that goes. Hey, yeah, and, and maybe put... will that be the norm from then on? Do you think? I don't know. No, I, I don't think know. Now and then, no, now and then, no, yeah. Then. Otherwise, it's my sitting room. Okay, which is yeah. also fine. We normally yes. do it in Susie Dent's sitting room. Yeah. And we just get together and we chat about words. We love words and language. I know you do That's love words and language. That's what we do. And so how's the podcast going? It's going really well. It's genuinely going really well. But you, you, your sort of love of it us, on air... Us, all of us. We all, we all yes, loved it. Yes, just injected uh, amazing things into it. Well, so I think thank you, all it's just you. a beautiful podcast to have in your ears when you're doing something uh, that you love. <laughs> no, seriously, because, because it's... You take time. You give yourself a bit of time. Give yourself, time, you know, time's the one thing you can't buy back. But you can. You, it's always there. It's always present to be gifted to yourself or to other people. And to have your podcast going on uh, creates a bit of space between you and all the nonsense. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. Thank you for your podcast. Right. Once again, here we are. Something rhymes with purple. Uh, assembly halls, Islington. You two words. 
What more could you ask what for? What could possibly go wrong? The Romford Advertiser <laughs> has described us as the Torville and Dean of words. Well, like Bonnie and Clyde. That's better. all you need. That's all we Torville need. Torville and Dean and Bonnie and Clyde. The Torville and Dean of words. The Bonnie and Clyde of language. <laughs> right, come on, Ms Dent. Uh, mulled wine and glue vine, are they the same? I reckon they are. Because I did a bit of research. I knew you were going to ask me this one. And I did a bit of research. And they're just, yeah, it's just, it's what you want it to be. You can just put in any ingredient that you want. It's also called glug. In uh, Scandinavian glug with one of those diacritics like on the e. glug. That's my favourite too. As in, as in glug 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 when as it's glug, going glug, down. Glug 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 glug. Really, the same mm. same word. Uh, yeah. When you're glugging something, it's the same as glug. <laughs> it's, it's yes, it's Scandinavian in origin. Probably the Viking it. language probably extraordinary. Glug. Uh, mistletoe, please. <laughs> Mistletoe, okay, so obviously smoochy, smoochy mistletoe, but actually if you break it down, it kind of meant dung on a twig. Oh, that's nice. Sorry about that. Um, It was because people used to believe that where a missile thrush did its business, then mistletoe would magically appear. Um, And in fact, it's kind of true because it's it's propagated by seeds that pass through the missile thrush's kind of digestive system. So dung on a twig, that one. Uh, Sorry about that. Punch is a nice one, because none of us like punch, really, do we? Don't mind punch. I mean, you tend to like it It more the more you have of it. That's true. I like like punch as in Punch and Judy. No, oh no. no. Oh, do you? Okay. Christmas, not, Christmas punch. We're, we're, we're talking about the Christmas silver thing, bowl right, with full of steaming punch. <laughs> we're trying to get the Christmas. I wouldn't thing. mind a bit hot, of that, okay. to be honest. Yeah. If it's hot, I'm yeah. just used to the kind of paint stripper type. Is it because it has a punch? Because it's you feel like you're it being punched? You out. No, it's because it's, it's beautiful. This one. It goes back, and I had to I had to write this down. It goes back to a Sanskrit word that means the five nectars of the gods, oh. because it had five ingredients, which were <laughs> reading these off now: milk, curd. Butter, honey, and molasses. Not sure about that, but I love the five nectars of the gods. Okay. So back to five. That I only punch for a while. You don't drink at all, do you? Charles? I don't drink alcohol. No. What, what, did you ever? But I love cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever ever the clown as did well you, as did the you like a spot chocolate yes in younger and happier days i yeah. took the occasional tincture okay <laughs> um but not anymore i haven't actually the joy of not drinking is that since i gave up drinking i haven't fallen asleep in front of the television once right <laughs> i actually whether that's an advantage or not but telly sure. has got a lot better hasn't it as well <laughs> maybe that's the reason all right pantomime please uh, pantomime, well, Jasmine know this. Pantomime, uh, pan meaning everything, as in panacea, a cure for everything. Um, pan, and then mime uh, is to, to sort of act or mime. And so pantomime originally was uh, one actor who performed everything. So pan everything. And is that why they had the masks back in Greek yes, theatre? Yes, they had these amazing masks. And also the mummers in the mummer plays as well. They would kind of dress up in all these amazing disguises um, and would stay mum because they were... Um, you know, they were miming stuff. So it's all linked. But yes, that's why they had all these amazing masks. And isn't that where the word personality comes from? It, it, wasn't yes. it, doesn't it mean mask? Totally true. Yes, a person is a mask. There you go. Yeah. You Can should I... join us on something, Ryan. You should. Purpose. What do you think? I'm, do you think Chris this is not an audition? Words, for heaven's sake, I've been researching this interview for weeks. You've always loved words. <laughs> right, so you two are getting together for a live podcast. Yeah, you do it anyway in Susie's living room in Oxford. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, there, so there are words in the air, aren't there? There are words there? in the air. But I do feel that I've climbed to the summit of a mountain when I'm with Susie Dent. I feel... <laughs> is it no, that hard? You know. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's quite the metaphor. Well, you know what I mean. He didn't say you were the mountain. He said with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and summit comes from Shakespeare. It's one of the many words that he introduced in Hamlet, my favourite wow. play. You know, I, I played know Hamlet many years ago when no, I was I a didn't. boy. Oh, I was so unsuccessful. The audience did not like it. They really, the critics certainly didn't like the audience. In fact, they threw eggs at me. 
No, seriously, I was too young. <laughs> through Exeme, I went on as Hamlet, came off as Omelette. <laughs> obviously, oh, obviously no. that was just I a gag. Just because why would you take eggs to the theatre? <laughs> if you read the reviews, <laughs> you'd go for a laugh. <laughs> oh, it's Giles' right. Hamlet. Well, we're going we're to see Giles in Hamlet, but first of all, we're going to Waitrose. Why? <laughs> Gotta stock up on the old eggs. All <laughs> uh, right, so, so well done, you two. Uh, now, you go in your separate ways for a while um, next year. What are you doing, Susie? I'm doing more of my tour, um, which will be fun, just in the um, sort of January and early spring. That's called the Secret Live of Secret Words. Secret Lives of Words, okay. yes. Okay. Um, and more countdown and more cats down. All right, and you're breaking a leg for a while. I'm breaking a leg. What's, um, what's breaking a leg? Breaking a leg's a show about show business, about great stars of stage and screen that I've been honoured to meet over the years, and it's supposed to be funny, and they've got songs <laughs> It's supposed to be funny. Do we and... need to stock up on eggs? <laughs> <laughs> no. I shouldn't have said that. People will come equipped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you, and you're so you've got that going on, um, and then you get together in Islington for the first, I think, of many live podcasts. Well, I hope so. Well, we seem to get on quite well. We've known each other a long time. Yeah, and, and we, we have... have great listeners too. So I'm hoping some of them will come along and ask we us do. some good questions. Um, that's it. <laughs> We're done. Again? We're done. Thank you. Merry Again, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Our next guest is a pirate, a detectorist, a Gareth from the office, and now a Wurzel Gummidge. That's right. For the first time since 1989, everyone's favourite scarecrow is returning to our screens. Boxing Day on BBC One. Please go wild as we welcome to our cosy little nook the quite brilliant Mackenzie Crook. All right. Well done. Good morning, Mackenzie. Morning. Thank welcome, you very much for welcome. having me. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas With to you too. With bells on. There you go. Uh, we've got hey. bells over. You can have your own bells. I've got spare bells. Excellent. Uh, just shake those whenever you want. Uh, Cheers. If you don't like a question, uh, take the fifth by shaking the bells. Right. Okay. And I can reply with my own here. Uh, so, Wurzel Gummidge and you. Um, I've, I've, se- I've seen it written about you. Did you say this? It was the role you were born to play. Did you? Have you said that? I don't think I've said that. Other people have looked at me, looked me up and down and said, yes, that was the part he was born to play. But you do love Wurzel Gummidge. I love him now. He wasn't part of my childhood, though. Right. Okay. I didn't watch the original... I didn't watch the John Pertwee adaptation, but I, th- I think possibly that's one of the reasons I felt I could take this, this new version on. Now, now, you say take the new version on. Weren't you also responsible for the version? Yes, OK, yes. T- tell us about that. Um, well, my friend Christian Smith came to me a couple of years ago. He'd got the rights to the books, the original books by Barbara Youth and Todd, which were written way back in the 30s, and asked me if I, if I fancied adapting them again for the television and I thought it's been 40 years since the last one there's a whole generation of kids who don't even know the name Wurzel Gummidge yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good time to bring it back so how do you begin do you dare watch anything back obviously you read the books with an inch of their lives I read the books and uh, yeah I made a decision not to watch the John Pertwee adaptation until I'd at least got my my idea set in my head and, yeah. and perhaps and yeah in fact it was after the writing um, I, I went back and looked at a few episodes and, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. But I'm glad I, I left it until then. So you're two one-hours. You have two one-hours. They kick off on Boxing Day, is that yes. correct? OK, so BBC One have got this one sussed. We're not sure, BBC One, we're not sure about your Christmas Eve, to be honest. Uh, but your Boxing Day with Wurzel Gummidge at 20 past six on Boxing Day. And now it's two one-hours. Is it one day after the next? Yes, so, so the, nice. the next one's on the 27th at seven o'clock. All yeah. right, so two one-hours. Um, I like that, don't you? you? I'm really pleased with them. And yeah, I, I think it's it's a nice... And I mean, hopefully, if people like them, there'll be more to come. But as a, as a introdu- reintroduction, yeah. All right, so, so what can you tell us about what goes on without ruin, ruining anything that you don't want us to know? 
The first one is setting it all up, setting up the world, and Susan and John, these foster kids from the, the nearest big city, come to stay in Scatterbrook, so they're kind of fish out of water. Yes, yeah, and uh, and they soon wander up to Ten Acre Field and, and meet Wurzel, uh, who mistakes <laughs> them for scarecrows to begin with, which is why he speaks to them and then realises his mistake. Um, <laughs> yep, so, and, and that one's all about the, the seasons of ground to a halt and, and the scarecrows have to get them moving again. So right, and that, how do you channel your inner scarecrow as an actor, Mackenzie? Oh, gosh, I stand in the middle of a field, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I don't... Yeah, I, I mean, I was up and pacing around and doing the voice as I was writing it, and I sort of developed him just through that. Did you direct it? Yes. Oh, my God, you're all over it like a rash. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't let any part of it go. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Uh, directing yourself... Um, do you... You can't shout at yourself, can you? You can't... You can't do you have to let... Do you have to let the other actors know or try and let them know you're being as hard on yourself as you are on them? Or if you're not hard, if you're not the kind of director, you're being as caring? On, I don't know. How does it work? Yeah, well, I mean, I got my, my producer, Georgie Fallon, to, to watch my performances and, and say if I needed to you know, bring it up or down or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I did on Detectorist as well. I, I directed that. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of used to it. So you're in the group. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is it, is it very easy to overham? A character like Wurzel Gummidge? Uh, well, I think normally in my acting, uh, my, my instinct is to downplay it and, yeah. and do as little as possible. So this was actually quite a relief, to, a release to, to play such a big character. And I, no, I, actually, I don't know if you could over-egg it with Wurzel. The bigger, the better, really. <laughs> yeah. And you've said if it's a hit, the BBC have already said they want more. Uh, they haven't said that. I'm hoping they're going to say that very soon. I, yeah, I mean, I would like, to, I'd very much like to do more and depending on how it is received, you know, I hope it gets commissioned very soon in the new year. All right, Mackenzie, what else can you, what else do you want to say about this before we, we finish here? Uh, well, I, I, I'd like to point out the music, which is composed by the Unthanks, beautiful uh, English folk band. And yeah, I asked them to compose a whole score and, and that's, I don't know, lifts it uh, amazingly. It's brilliant. Uh, we're getting, it, we're getting loads of love for you, by the way. Uh, Mackenzie in Britannia is incredible. How was it playing the two characters, Hell's Bells, in Otley says? In, in Britannia, yep. it was incredible. Yeah, that was gruelling, but, uh, but I loved it. I loved it, yeah. OK, I think um, we grew up watching Wurzel Gummidge being filmed in a Hampshire village called Stockbridge. I think they also filmed the new Wurzel scene in Stockbridge. In my friend's shop says, um, Paddy James, did you film in Becky's Groceries? She'd like to know. Oh, Just no. I'm a f- Say yes. Just say yes. Yes, we did. Yeah, and we had Excellent. a lovely time. Look forward to it. May not have made the edit, may not have made the, the director's cut, the final cut, uh, but let's hope it has. Um, and let's wish them all a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Mackenzie, it's been great to have you in. Thank you. I can't wait to watch it with the kids. I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, watch it with the kids. Watch it with the family. And yeah, yeah. All right, and what are you doing for Christmas? Uh, down to my sister's in Kent. Yeah. Christmas Day. And Christmas Day. Vis- um, visiting Auntie Elsie in, the, in her nursing home. And what's the best Christmas present you've ever received? Uh, I well, it's become the best Christmas present. Back in the day, I wanted that big old plastic Fisher-Price multi-storey car park. Yeah. My dad thought eleven pound ninety-five was too much, so he made me one down the shed out of plywood. Oh. At the time, I was gutted, but it has grown to be one of my uh, favourite oh, things. Oh, what a great answer! Is that, <laughs> it is your rosebud. Yes, yeah, yeah. There you go, Mackenzie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck. Watch out for the brand new Wurzel Gummidge Boxing Day six twenty BBC One. 
the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. What better way to get you in the mood for Christmas than the classic Cinderella story turned on its head? The superb Sky original Cinderella After Ever After is on Christmas Eve at 8pm on Sky One. And here to tell us all about it is the lady that brings the cynical Cinderella to life, the wonderful Sean Gibson. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Smiler. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, you're on to talk about Cinderella after ever after. Now, the after ever after bit is really interesting, I think, because that's that's a franchise. You take all the tales and you after ever after them. It'll be going for years, won't Don't it? Don't you? Cinderella, yeah. after ever after. Now, most of us know how it ends, you know, and everything ended happily ever after. Um, oh, but it? of course, after ever after, maybe married life's not for Cinders. Is this what we find out? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it starts. Um, and I just got to say, first of all, when I was offered the part, I thought it was a joke. Because, and I was like, have they got the name wrong on this? Because I have never, even when I was 20, played Cinderella. I was always like an ugly sister or a fairy godmother. No way. No, I'm not doing it for compliments, obviously. But, you know, when does a 43-year-old get to play Cinderella? So, um... It's slightly different, obviously, from the kickoff that you've got a middle-aged woman <laughs> playing Cinderella. But I think it would have been a bit pervy if if she was young with David being older. Well, they would, wouldn't have cast David, would they? Well, it, he wrote then. it, so he'd, he'd always want to be oh, so Prince Charming. Oh, so he'd want to put himself in. He'd always be Prince Charming. Oh, right, OK. So she's 43. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the fact... See, it's already hilarious. Cinderella is 43, and after ever after, something else is going on. You know, it, it's, it's not how you might have thought it was going to go. Um, but everything else is really traditional and it's massive budget and it looks beautiful. We filmed it in Bulgaria. I know, it's very, it's very <gasps> cinematic, isn't it? Well, it is cinematic. Yeah, and it, it looks wonderful. So it starts on the day of the wedding and then as soon as they get to the wedding reception, Cinderella thinks, oh, I can't, I can't have only had a dance with him. I've had a dance. He's not, you know... I've rushed into this so a bit. Straight away straight in the first away. dance. She realises yeah. this all. This is the result of a whim, a yeah. massive whim. Well, she did. She t- she was very it's easy, whim, Cinderella, whim. wasn't she? She went straight in. Talk about a whirlwind romance. Had a dance, lost a shoe, married. That's right, it. So, so, um, so, so it is cinematic. It's 8pm on Sky 1. We can't say there's enough. It's Christmas Eve, 8pm on Sky 1. And the other channels are having a go, but they're not giving it enough. You've got the chase on ITV, and as much as we all love Bradley and the gang, that's not. you don't want to be watching that Christmas Eve. If you're watching this, for heaven's sake, 8 p.m. Sky One, Christmas Eve, shot in Bulgaria. Yes. Where it's hot, hot, hot. It was very hot. Um, lots of corsets and hot weather didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't go together. Didn't go together. <laughs> okay, now, um, as far as spoilers are concerned, because we know what there's a lot that goes on here, and it, it is comedy, it's very funny. Uh, there's a lot of um, passing in where people die of passing wind, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> people, what? People die of passing <laughs> yeah. wind, isn't it? Yeah. Which can happen. Yeah. No, it can't. Yes, it can. Um, well, I'm on the high risk register. Of course, we've known that for, nobody told you. We had a meeting about it. We should tell you. I thought, I thought the answer was yes to that, and somebody had done that. No, okay. It's based on fact. And can <laughs> you. What fact? Are pe- are people, so people die of it, but can, are, are people killed of it? Could, are, um, yes. There's, there's, is there um, a secret weapon? We've got the amazing Celia Imrie. Oh! oh. And Sir Tom Courtney. <gasps> Blimey, O'Reilly acting royalty. I know. See, anything, I know. With, anything with Celia in is good, even things that are bad. She's just amazing. Well, she's all, she always is. Okay, so Celia's in it, and so Tom Conley's in it. Yes. You're in it, David Williams in it. People get filled, uh, killed via methane, their own yes. methane and other people's methane. And there's an, um, the, the magic spells um, are Rita Ora and Dua Lipa, aren't they? <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a brilliant fairy yeah. godmother who, this time, Cinderella isn't very impressed with the fairy godmother. She's really sick of her every time she turns up. Yeah. And she doesn't want glass slippers every time. Uh-huh. Um, and her her magic spell is um, Rita Ora Dua Lipa. <laughs> Rita it's Ora Dua Lipa. new abracadabra. It is? 2019, yeah. isn't yeah. it? How long is it? Is it an hour or two hours? It's an hour. It's an hour. See, so you want it to be two hours because you went to Bulgaria, you've all got all these people. This could... I mean, you know, there are some TV channels. This would be on for weeks, wouldn't it? It could be. Leave them wanting more, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Is it? And, and how does it... Well, without giving too much away, could there be another one? Cinderella after, ever, after, after? Um, after, after, ever, after? Um, maybe. Maybe. Right. I oh. can't. I can't. Oh, that means yes. That's the loudest yes that's, I've ever heard, yeah. isn't it? That was so yeah. yes, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a clear um, yes. I don't know. Well, I, I hope so. Yeah, I think there's a definitely... What was the, what was the other thing? The, there's, there's a big thing that uh, Ozzy Jane said uh, to me. That happens in it. Well, for a start, we can. This is a little bit of in, inside skinny. Um, you have your glass slippers on when we see your feet, but when you we weren't looking at your when the camera wasn't on your feet, you were wearing what, Sean? Oh, I had a very pair, um, comfy pair of Marks and Spencer's wedges. Yeah. Because you just can't run around a forest in heels, can you? <laughs> well, not. Well, and now, obviously, they're perspex. The glass slippers, I would imagine. Yes. Did you get to keep them? No, I didn't. Why, I tried just, just to. Just steal them. You should oh. have just stolen them. You and McGregor basically stole everything in the Star Wars film that he was in. I tried everything. to steal. Everything. Goes to his house, all there. I George did. Lucas ever goes, he's been in prison for the rest of his life. I did try to steal my wedding ring because um, I thought they probably just got it from, like, you know, some, some shop. Yeah. And I got in trouble for that because it was handmade for Helena Bonham Carter for another film. What, and it was a real, a real ring, expensive which, ring. Which would that be then? What's oh, the I don't know. Something where she's... Princessy, I think. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't allowed it, so I thought I best not take the slippers. <laughs> okay. And uh, have you seen it? Yes, I have. Where did you watch it? Um, we had a screening on Saturday at the BFI. Well done on this show. It's it's fantastic. Let's hope it's the first of many after ever after. It's a great franchise. I hope somebody's sorted that out already. Uh, Eight pm, Sky One, Christmas Eve, Cinderella, After Ever After, and Sean Gibson from Kosher, starring as Cinder Bloomerella, forty three years old, married on a whim. Immediately not sure about it during the first dance of the wedding. I know, I know. Um, but David is amazing at it, and you can imagine how he is as being Prince Charming. He I just he relishes loves- it. Well, to be honest, he sort of he lives that life anyway. He's probably toning <laughs> it down for the show, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Sean, uh, best Christmas present ever that I've had. Yes. Um, what, uh, well, this this is this was very nice. Um, my husband took me to Lapland years ago because mm. um, I love Christmas. He's a fine man, your husband. And, um, fine man. Plumber on the go. Proposed. Proposed. At Christmas. Oh, what? In Lapland? In Lapland. Is there a better plumber on the planet? I don't think there is. And, and if there is, I don't, don't want to know. Thank that. you. Sean, good luck. Happy Christmas. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you coming in. Me. Oh, what a joy. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.